Always be calling an audience with God and always bring your specific needs to Him at all times, in every occasion, during every season. God has given us the ministry of prayer as a means to bring about His will. Jesus said when you pray, pray with importunity, pray with shameless persistence, the kind of persistence that says, I don't care how long I'm here, I don't care what I look like, I don't care what others think or say about me, I don't care if I'm making a fool of myself because my God is faithful and will not put me to shame. I'd like to invite you today to join me in trying to uncover what our prayer lives should really look like. Prayer is one of those words that gets used so frequently in church and among believers that we often gloss over it and it loses its full depth of meaning. We carelessly throw around the words, I'll pray for you, as we hastily leave church to beat the crowd to the restaurant, only to forget our commitment before our feet hit the parking lot. I'm guilty of this, and I would venture to guess so are you. I've heard stories, legends, maybe myths, of people carrying around notebooks for any time they tell someone they will pray for them so they don't forget. In my life, I've only seen this and seen this once. Now, I'm not saying others aren't busy about praying and keeping their commitments to those they promise to pray for, but I think if you're honest with yourself, you would agree that saying you'll pray for someone has become more of a Christian nicety and platitude than a fervent practice. If you disagree, go pull out your prayer journal with your list of names. By the way, I can't find mine either. No doubt our hearts are in the right place and we care for the people we say we will pray for, but our lack of follow-through only points to how trivial those words have become. We especially see how trivial prayer has become in the world the moment any tragedy strikes. Social media platforms are filled with the most ungodly people saying those famous words, our thoughts and prayers go out to you. Are they really praying? And if they are, do they realize that the only prayer that God hears from the unrighteous is the prayer of repentance? None of that really seems to matter because it's just the right thing to say when people face tragedy, and the world, whether they believe it or not, say it. And it makes sense why one of the most powerful practices for the believer has been so stealthily gutted of importance by the lies of Satan. Well, I want to attempt to rescue the importance and the gravity of prayer by looking to the Word of God so that we can be reinvigorated in our commitment to prayer. Because as serious as we take prayer already, we can always take it more seriously. It is, after all, us talking to God Himself, the Creator of the universe, our King and our Lord. One of my burning desires when I study God's Word is to look deeply into the things we practice habitually, because they are either the most important practices we have, or they are religious encumbrances devised to drive the wedge of legalism between us and God. With all that said, let's look together at our main text regarding prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. He says, With or through all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. This passage speaks of the characteristics of the believer's prayer life. It focuses on six aspects of our prayers. First, the type or varieties of prayer. 
Second, the constancy or frequency of our prayer. Third, sandwiched right in the middle is the key to all of the answers to our prayer. Fourth, the method of our prayers. Fifth, the persistence of our prayers. And finally, sixth, the the objects of our prayer. Let's look at them one by one, and I believe this is so rich that you will never pray the same again. First, let's look at the type or varieties of prayer. Ephesians 6.18 again, he says, With or through is a better translation, through all prayer and petition. Now, just above this verse in the passage in Ephesians chapter 6, it's all about putting on the armor of God. And it's saying, now that you have the armor of God, it's time to fight by the instrument of prayer. Prayer is our chief method of receiving anything from God. The word prayer is the general term for prayer in the Bible. And by general, I don't mean unimportant. I just mean the writers of Scripture use this word to speak of various forms of prayer. But something interesting to note is that this Greek word for prayer is rarely ever seen in classical Greek writings and was thought to only occur in Jewish texts or texts under Jewish influence. I point this out because of my comments earlier about how in our world today, everyone, including unbelievers, use the word prayer all the time. At the time when the Bible was written, this word was only used by believers, or even to speak of the believer's place of worship or house of prayer. In other words, this is unique to believers because prayer is a chief function of believers. The word prayer simply means to ask, to beseech, petitionary prayer or the invocation of God. We are literally summoning God's ear. I mean, just think about that for a second. When you come to God in prayer, your audience is God himself. This understanding alone should reveal the awesomeness and reverence of prayer. By the way, this word is never used to speak of a wish, as many people use it today. Even as believers, we can get caught up in this idea of making wishes to God. Look at the next word, petition, or supplication, as some translations put it. It's the Greek word, deaces, and it literally means to lack or to be in need of. It also carries with it the definition to ask, so it can be understood to mean to ask God for the things you are in need of. Which brings us to our second aspect of prayer, the constancy or frequency of our prayer. Look at the verse. It says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times. This is in the present tense, which signifies a constant, regular, and habitual action. Pray at all times means on every occasion or in every and all seasons. The first part of the verse could be translated, always be calling an audience with God and always bring your specific needs to him at all times in every occasion during every season. Let's look at our next point, the key to all of our prayers right here. He says, through all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. Now, let's not get too tripped up on this because it's so simple and straightforward. This can get so mystified, and yet it's so simple. What does it mean when it says to pray in the Spirit? It simply means to line up under God's will when you pray. I'll say it another way. Pray for the things that God wants, and he will use your prayers as the vehicle to bring about his will on this earth in your life. Isn't that incredible? 
God has given us the ministry of prayer as a means to bring about his will. People always ask, if God is sovereign and in complete control, why do we need to pray? The answer is because God has ordained his will to be accomplished through the prayers and actions of his people. If you want to be used by God to bring about his plan on the earth, then pray, and pray always, in every season, and on every occasion. Lord, I just pray right now that we would see how powerful and effective prayer is when we pray your will. James 5.16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much or accomplishes much. Conversely, when we don't pray according to God's will, we rob him of showing us his faithfulness. Many have lost faith in the power of prayer because they miss this one point. We pray for things according to our wills and desires. And when they aren't answered, we tarnish God's reputation in our own hearts. We wonder why God answers the prayers of others and not ours. And so we begin to look at prayer as playing the lottery. The odds of winning are slim to none. I say this from deep pains of past personal experience, praying fervently for hours every single day for the life of my daughter, for over six months, only to have the reality of my unanswered prayer crush me on the day of her passing. After that, I spent a few too many years looking up, wanting to pray to God, but the only words that came to my mouth were, what's the point? I cannot express strongly enough to you the dangers of misunderstanding prayer and answers to prayers. But all I can do is to urge you with everything that I am to get this key point. Pray according to his will. I can already hear people's objections now. How do you know what God's will is? The answer to this is surprisingly logical. If the Bible specifically says it, it's his will. It's his will, and we can have confidence in the answers to our prayers. If the Bible doesn't say it, then we bring our needs to God expectantly, but say, not my will, but yours be done. Or, God change my will so I can pray only your will. You see, when we pray God's will, we know with 100% certainty it will come to pass. Listen to Psalm 25, verse 3. He says, Indeed, none of those who wait for you will be ashamed. We will not be put to shame because he is faithful to answer every single prayer that is according to his will. And so we must always, on all occasions, bring our prayers and needs to God according to his will. Let's look at the fourth point, the method of our prayers. It says, and with this in view, be on alert. The word alert is two Greek words that literally translate without sleep. And all the mothers with infants said, amen. It's speaking spiritually, saying, always be spiritually awake, watchful, attentive, and vigilant. With prayer being such a powerful ministry, always see opportunities for prayer. Always be ready to pray. Let nothing stand in your way of prayer. Many night owls, like myself, find ourselves rolling around in bed watching the clock steal hours of sleep from us. I encourage you to use those opportunities to pray. Maybe you're restless because God is drawing you to prayer. Remember, 
He accomplishes his purposes through our prayers. So it's not unlike God to put a burden on our hearts to pray. Stop fighting it. And so we are called to pray all the time, bringing our needs to God, praying according to his will, being ready, alert, and attentive to every opportunity for prayer. Look again at Ephesians 6.18 for our fifth point, the persistence of our prayers. He says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance. Jesus gives us the perfect illustration of praying with perseverance directly after teaching on how to pray the famous Lord's Prayer. Look in Luke chapter 11 with me, starting in verse 5. Luke chapter 11, verse 5 through 10. He says, Then he, Jesus, said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he says, Don't bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Stop there for a moment. Look at the word persistence. Or as some translations put it, importunity. This is one of my favorite words in the whole Bible, importunity. And it doesn't just mean persistence, it means shameless persistence. How often do you come to God like, well, God, here I am again. It's me. I hate to bother you, but I'm still in need. Would it be okay if I asked you something? I know I asked you yesterday, but I promise this will be the last time. We view God with an earthly understanding as if our kids keep asking us over and over and over and over again, to which we respond, I said no. I want to immediately shatter that understanding of our Heavenly Father. Jesus said, when you pray, pray with importunity, pray with shameless persistence, the kind of persistence that says, I don't care how long I'm here. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what others think or say about me. I don't care if I'm making a fool of myself because my God is faithful and will not put me to shame. Let me just encourage you that God isn't getting sick of you. He loves when you come to him and only him. He show, it shows your complete dependence on him and nobody else, including yourself. It's as if with our shameless persistence, we are saying to God, I trust in you to be the only one who can answer my prayers. So I will continue to come to you and you alone, no matter how long it takes, I will keep coming. When we come to God just once in our prayer and ask him for what we need, We end up turning around and trying to figure it out by ourselves instead of showing our dependency on God and coming to him again and again and again. Let me remind you, this is Jesus teaching us how to pray here. So do not be ashamed of your constancy in prayer because it is exactly the way that God instructs us to pray. Psalm 62, 1 and 2 says, My soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. 
Look further down in Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Jesus goes on to say, And so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. The words ask, seek, and knock are all in the present imperative, which means they aren't just suggestions, but commands. And they are in the present tense, which means a continual, never-ending action. It's better translated, so I command you to ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, knock and keep knocking. God isn't getting sick of you. He's commanding you to increase your asking according to his will. People always quote Jesus rebuking the hypocrites for praying in vain repetitions to dispute our persistence. But this has to do with thoughtless prayers as if it's some automatic formula and not our persistence of coming to and relying on God. And so we bring our prayers and needs to God at all times, praying according to his will, being spiritually alert, coming to him continuously without shame. Finally, point six, what are the objects of our prayers? We know we can bring our needs to God, but what else is this verse telling us to pray for? Look at it with me. Verse 18 in Ephesians 6, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. He's calling us to pray for each other. Your spouse needs prayer. Your children need your prayers. Your pastors need your prayers. Always be on alert with persistence to pray for other believers. And so I urge you to pull out your notebook and take very seriously those who, say you, those who you say you'll pray for, because God will and does use your prayers to bring about his purposes. I want to close with something I've been thinking about recently regarding prayer. We can have true dialogue with God, meaning we can bring our needs to God and He will respond. Now, I don't believe that God audibly speaks to us because if He did, it would be considered Scripture. And the Bible is very clear in the last chapter of Revelation to not add anything to this book. And so I'm not talking about the typical thus say at the Lord's you hear in some Christian circles. God speaks to us through his word. We have all the answers in our hands. You don't often hear in regards to prayer to study your Bible, but I believe that the, that the more scripture you know as you bring your prayers to God, the Holy Spirit is our helper and he will bring to our remembrance the word of God, which is God speaking to you. In other words, the more of God's word that you know, the Bible, the more dialogue you can have with God. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Open your dialogue with God by fervently studying the Bible. Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, it says, the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. Notice it says there that the scripture preached 
to Abraham. When you study the scripture, it will preach to you when you, need, when you come to God in prayer. In fact, some of the richest times I have in prayer are when I'm reading my Bible. Study God's word because it's God's word and it contains everything we need for life and for godliness. And so finally, I encourage you, bring your needs before the audience of God on every occasion, for every reason, in every season, being alert, come with shameless persistence and keep coming, praying for your needs and the needs of the other saints. My friends, be diligent to pray without ceasing.